Good morning, Living Water. I'm going to invite everyone to stand and worship with us. shall be impossible nothing shall be impossible your kingdom reigns unstoppable we'll shout your praise forevermore Jesus our God unstoppable nothing shall be impossible your kingdom reigns unstoppable we'll shout your praise forevermore Jesus, our God, unstoppable, nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable, we'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable, nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable, we'll shout your praise forevermore. Glad to be here this morning. When all I see is a battle, you see my victory. There's nothing to fear now 
for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I fight on my knees. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. If you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. Like God fight our battles, not do it for ourselves. Just lift it up. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, but you and change to come knowing the battle is won for you have never failed me yet. 
Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me. In. I know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your prayer. You're still enough. Keep me within your. My heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your. Still in your hands, this is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. I still, still stands. Lord, great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my
Good morning. I love it when we ask the question, are you glad to be here today? Because who's going to say no? I mean, if, if you were that one person that just, no, everybody's going to turn and look at you, right? You don't want to be that person that everybody turns and looks at. So, so that's why we ask that question, because we love it, just to make sure that everybody is glad to be here. Are you glad to be here today? All right. Uh, I don't know about you, but I love just every now and then looking for good, positive stories that are out there. I get tired of hearing all the junk, all the negative. You know, if you turn on the news, everything's bad, bad, bad. So every now and then I'll just do a Google search to find a good story. What's out there that's happening that's good? And I did that recently, and there was a couple of uh, good stories out there that I thought I would share with you uh, today to help encourage you a little bit. One of them I saw this week said that California's porpoise population rebounds. Isn't that a great story? Uh, now, I got to admit, I didn't read the, the article because I really didn't care. I was just excited that the porpoise population in California is finally rebounding. I don't know when it stopped rebounding, but it is rebounding. Another one that I saw this week, which really kind of pumped me up a little bit, is Jaguars return to Argentina after 70 years. Where were they for 70 years? I don't know. I didn't care. Didn't want to read the article, but I just thought, I'm glad they are finally making their way home. Isn't that great news to hear things like that? I mean, it just does something for you. Uh, this one I really love. This was a couple weeks ago, I think. Uh, stolen handcuffs returned to LAPD with apology notes 60 years later. Now, this one, I had to read the story. I thought, all right, this has got to be good, right? So it's a granddad who wanted to teach his grandchildren a lesson that it's never too late to do the right thing. So he got these handcuffs that he stole 60 years ago. What did he do with them for 60 years? I don't know. But he decided, I'm, I'm going to be an example for my grandkids. So he writes an apology note, sticks a $100 bill in the envelope, and sends it to the L.A. Police Department saying, I'm sorry that I stole your handcuffs. I, that, that's just heartwarming. I mean, I love good stories like that. And this one, I really love this one, a beefalo Anybody heard of a beefalo? I'd never heard of a beefalo. So a beefalo apparently is a cross between a cow and a buffalo. Uh, who knew? So this beefalo is on the loose for six months, and he resurfaces after a snowstorm. This buffalo or beefalo escaped from a trailer outside of a butcher house and was on the run for six months. And it snowed, and they saw him. Now, the people in the area have been looking for him, and they actually came up with a nickname for him. I don't remember what the nickname was. But now they're raising funds to be able to put this beefalo in a wildlife rescue place so he'll be safe, won't have to go to the slaughterhouse. Isn't that nice? The only problem is they still can't catch him. It's just a great story. I love that story. Now, there's one that I heard yesterday. I haven't looked it up. I haven't uh, seen it, but I heard this, and it's not a, necessarily a good story, but it's a funny story. How many of you, I've got to ask this before I tell the story, though. Anybody here from Oklahoma? Anybody? Nobody admits it. Oh, wait, we got two over here. I saw one in the back. All right, so, I, so I'm good. I can tell this story. Did anything good ever come out of Oklahoma? Well, uh, let, me, let me say this. I do know of one thing good that came out of Oklahoma, and that's my good friend Shane Neese's wife. 
All right, that has nothing to do with the story. But here's the story. Somewhere in Oklahoma, a teenage girl gets arrested when she calls the police to turn her mom in for not giving her her fake ID back. Who does that? It is Oklahoma. All right, so we all love a good story, right? Good stories, are you know, they do something to us. Well, we're going to be looking in the Gospel of John today. And did you realize today that the Gospels are the good news. The Gospels are the good story of Jesus Christ. And we have the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the good news of Christ, telling about how Christ came, and because of Christ, our relationship with God can be restored. In the Gospel of John, we're going to look at a message that I'm calling today, Good News in the Wilderness. Do you know that the uh, as we look at the Gospel of John, and we think about the other Gospels, that Matthew's good news is that Jesus Christ is King. I don't know if you've heard that lately, but let me remind you, Jesus Christ is King, and he is still on his throne, and he is still at work. No matter what is going on in the world around us, so you want some good news, go and read the book of Matthew, and you will see Jesus Christ as King. Mark's good news is that Jesus Christ is prophet. Luke's good news is that Jesus Christ is priest. But John's good news is that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. And I want to tell you that is the greatest news that we can ever hear. That is the greatest news that we can ever receive into our life. And that's the word that the world around us needs to hear today. You want to be a sharer of good news in our world today that is full of negative? Share the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the good news that will change a life for all of eternity. So we're going to be looking at verses 6 through 29. We're going to skip a few of them in there in our reading. But that's what we're going to be looking at today. And it is here that we meet one of the great prophets and preachers of all times. In fact, listen to how Jesus describes him in Matthew 11, 11. He said, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Now, that's, that's pretty good words for Jesus to speak about somebody, isn't it? So that tells us that there's something special about this guy. There's something special about John the Baptist and what he is doing, and that's what we're going to take a look at this morning. John the Baptist was a wilderness preacher. And listen, John the Baptist knew how to draw a crowd. In Scripture, it tells us in Matthew uh, 3 and 4, and John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Now, if I were to put on a camel hair suit and show up, there would be some people that would come just to see that, right? And have a nice leather belt on, and, uh, you know, that'd be something to talk about. But then if I said we were going to be serving for lunch today, after the service, wild or locusts and wild honey, how many of you are staying? I got a hand back there. It sounds kind of tasty to me. Locusts and wild honey. Uh, some of you would stay just to watch people eat it. You may not try it, but you'd be, I want to see somebody sample that and see what it tastes like. But that's what John the Baptist was. He was a little bit different. And because he was different, that may have been some of the reason that a crowd was drawn. But I believe that the reason that the crowd was drawn to John the Baptist was not because of what he was wearing, not because of what he was eating, but the crowd was coming because of what he was teaching, what he was preaching. He was preaching a message of great news that the world needed to hear. Now, I've met some wild preachers before, but never one that looked quite like him. But John the Baptist... He didn't have a nice building for people to show up and sit and comfort and listen to him. He had a rock for a pulpit and a river for a choir. He preached a message of salvation through repentance. And he had baptism services where many people's lives were changed as they repented from their sins and they turned to God. So this morning, as we think about this good news message from the wilderness, I know that there's some in this place who need to hear a good news message. Maybe your life is in the wilderness today. 
Maybe you feel like you're, you're not making it anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're struggling with where you're at in life for one reason or another. And you just feel like you're stuck in the wilderness. Well, there's good news from the wilderness today. Maybe your life is just spiritually dry. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe you're having difficulty with your kids and you're like, I just need some good news today. I need some hope today. And that's what we see in this passage uh, this morning. So look with me if you would in John chapter 1 and let's begin in verse 6. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now, jump down to verse 19 with me, if you would. It says, this was John's testimony. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, who are you? He didn't deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. What then, they asked of him, are you Elijah? I am not, he said. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. Who are you then, they asked. We need to give an answer to those who sent us. Why can't you tell us about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Just as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, so they asked him, why then do you baptize if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? I baptize with water, John answered them. Someone stands among you, but you, do know, you don't know him. He is the one coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. All this happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. So here's John the Baptist out in the wilderness. He's teaching. People are coming from all around. They're gathering around. And you have this group, the Pharisees, that are sent to question him and ask him who he is. And he gives them an answer about what his purpose is and what it is. So I want, to, I want you to notice a couple of things in this passage this morning. First of all, notice that John was a witness of the light. Through this passage, we know that, that John's witness is about the light of Jesus Christ. John's story was not about himself. John's story was not to draw people in, to build himself up, for him to look good. His entire message was to point to the one that was coming after him, which was Jesus Christ who is coming into the world. You know, we live in a world today that is busy trying to extinguish the light of Jesus Christ. It is happening at a fast pace around us. If you're one that wants to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're going to find opposition almost everywhere you go. And it is amazing how quick that seems to be turning in our world. But let me let you in on a little secret this morning. Even though the world does not understand the light, there's nothing that this world can do. There's nothing that the devil and his crowd can do to put out the light of Jesus Christ. That is some great news for us today, that even through persecution, even though we may face hard times while we're trying to be the light of Christ in the world, understand this, that the darker the world gets around us, the brighter the light of Christ will shine through us. That's encouraging today. It's, it's not fun to think that we may have difficult times in our Christian life. We need to keep in mind, even in the country that we live in where we're starting to see the handwriting on the wall, that we do not face near the persecution that a lot of other people face around the world today. Did you know that on Sunday around different parts of the world, that people that are gathering like we want to gather to worship together with other believers are having to gather in hiding they're having to be underground so that no one will see them because of the persecution that they face. Did you realize that in the world around us that today there will be people that will lose their lives because of their stand for Jesus Christ? 
We are still blessed in this country. And as we are so blessed in this country, shouldn't we take every opportunity that we have to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with a world that is hurting, a world that is lost, a world that has gone astray without him and they can't find their way. When John says in verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it, that means that the darkness could not overpower it or extinguish it. The light of God will shine bright. God will never leave himself without a witness. And that's exactly what John the Baptist was. He was a witness of the light of Jesus Christ. He was a witness of what Christ would do in changing a person's life. John understood his calling. In verse 6 says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. To get a real picture of John, he was sent with a special calling. And the calling was to be a voice in the wilderness crying out, prepare ye the way of the Lord. That was his calling in his life. John was sent from God. And in verse 7 and 8, we see that he came to bear witness to the light, meaning he came to tell people about Jesus. So John's calling was to point the people to Christ. Did you realize today that each one of us have a calling in our life? Each one of us have a calling. Jesus told us, he said that you are to go into all of the world teaching and making disciples of all people. Now that message wasn't just given for the disciples in his day. That message carries down to each and every one of us. You have a calling on your life just like I have a calling on my life. And whatever it is that you do, whatever your profession is, you have an opportunity in that profession to be a shining light for Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity in your family, in the unit that God has placed you in, to be a shining light for Jesus Christ, to be one just as John was. One voice calling out, prepare ye the way of the Lord. I got great news for you. Jesus Christ is coming again. Do you believe that today? Jesus Christ is coming. And when he comes the next time, he's not going to come like he did before. He is coming in a cloud of glory. And at that time, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we have an opportunity today to share with others about the hope that we have in Christ and that he's coming again. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we have the privilege to share that message just like John the Baptist did. Do you understand your calling today? I talk to people all the time, no matter what their profession is, that you have a calling upon your life. And your call is to share the good news of Christ everywhere that we go. And God places you where he has you to be that witness for him, to be that hope that someone may see. John the Baptist, look at his comparison as well. We see his calling. We also see his comparison. In verse 19, where the Pharisees and the priests and Levites are sent out. So there's a committee that's sent out to go question this man. Who is this man? Go find out all about him. Because he's, he's drawing a crowd. He's setting out a message that doesn't line up with the message that we have today. And so we want to stop this message. So in order to stop this message, we have to go out and find out about him. So this group goes out and starts to question and they say, who are you? And he just begins to answer. He says, well, I'm not the Messiah. Well, who are you? Well, I'm not the one that's coming after me. I'm not the one whose shoes I'm unworthy to untie, who is, by the way, in your midst, and you don't even know him. You don't even recognize him. But here's the whole point. Why did they go out and question him? Here's the reason. Why did they think that he was the Messiah? Here's the reason. Because he looked like Jesus. Oh, if we only look like Jesus to the world, then they would question us. Who are you? Who are you? Why do you look like Jesus? Why do you act like Jesus? Why do we see Jesus through you in your actions and the things that you do? You want to draw a crowd? Start looking like Jesus, not dressing like him. That would kind of draw a crowd. But looking like him in our actions in the things that we do. You know, I've heard for years that people say, the problem I have with the church is they preach about this Jesus that they believe in, but they act nothing like him. 
when they leave the church building, they go out and they act just like the rest of the world. Let me remind you that we are a new creation in him. And his seed is now in us. And since his seed is in us, then that seed should overflow through us. And we should love like he loved. We should act like he acted. We should do like he did. And when we do that, the world will see a difference in us. But I want to warn you of something today. The more you look like Jesus, the more there's going to be a target on your back. The more you look like Jesus, the more the world is not going to like you. Because they will see that you're different than the world. And they're not going to like that. Jesus even said this. He said in John 15, 18, If the world hates you, know that it hated me first. And if the world hated Jesus, what makes us think that the world is not going to hate us when we act like him? But you know what? I'd rather be hated by the world and loved by God than loved by the world and God look down and go, what are you doing? But it happens so many times. Sometimes we get caught up into that. We've seen Jesus, or John's calling. We've seen John's comparison. Now look at John's confession. And in John 1 verse 15 that we skipped over, I want you to jump back there real quick. John testified, said concerning him, and exclaimed, This is the one whom I said. The one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. John's testimony. There is one among us. It is God himself who came to this earth and walked among us. And God, John continues in verse 29. It says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, there he is. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John's preaching again. And Jesus comes by and he stops and he said, look. That's the one I've been telling you about. Again, John's message was all about Jesus Christ. Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God. In the Old Testament, there were scores of lambs that were sacrificed to cover the sins of the people. But in the New Testament, there was a single lamb that was sacrificed once and for all, for all the sins of the world. And his name is Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. That's who John was pointing at. That was the good news, the spotless lamb of God, the substitute lamb. Jesus was the sacrificed lamb. Jesus was the sufficient lamb. In Hebrews 9, 12, the Bible says, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. Wow, that's some great news today that Jesus Christ offered once to bear the sins of many. I'm, I'm going to take that back. That's not good news today. That is wonderful news today. That is the best news today that the world needs to hear. And that was the message of John the Baptist. What can wash away my sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again, nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know what's so good about that? Is his blood doesn't cover our sins. His blood washes our sins away. Where we can stand clean before a holy God in a right relationship with him for all of eternity. Good news in the wilderness today. Now we have noticed the witness of the light, but notice the wonder of the light. The absolute wonder of the light, that the light being the Lord Jesus Christ. John tells us in verse 12 a couple of things about the wonder of the light. In verse 12, he says, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, those who were born again, 
Those who came to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, he gave them the right to be called the children of God. You know, I hear a lot of people in our world that say, yeah, I'm a child of God. Yeah, I'm part of God's family. And you begin to ask them, well, what makes you think you're a part of God's family? Some, not as many as it used to be, but some will be, well, we live in America. Aren't we all part of God's family? The answer to that is no. Or I grew up in a Christian home. My parents drugged me to church every Sunday. How many of you have a drug problem today? Maybe your spouse drug you to church. I don't know. But a lot of people were like that because I went to church every Sunday. I am a child of God. Listen, coming in these doors does not make you a child of God. Being born in this great nation does not make you a child of God. But what makes you a child of God is coming to the place in your life where you recognize your need for Christ in your life. You understand that you're a sinner and that that sin has separated you from God and that Christ came to pay the penalty for that sin and you turned from your old way of life and you turned to him as the savior of your life. Then you have been given the right to be called the children of God and that was the message the good news from the from the wilderness the light is available and here's what's great about that is the light is available to all who would receive again in verse 12 at the beginning it's to all that received him to everyone that received him to all those that came to him they gave the right you know what that all means that means a whosoever Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Whosoever would turn their light to him. In Acts 2.21 it says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Acts 10.43 Whosoever believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins. That word whosoever, as John says, but as many, cuts across every racial barrier. It cuts across every political barrier. It cuts across every denominational barrier. You know what that means in the denominational barrier? That means that there are going to be Catholics that come to know Christ as their Savior. That means that there's going to be Methodists that come to know Christ as their Savior. That means that there's going to be Pentecostals that come to know Christ as their Saviors. And praise God, that means that even some Baptists will come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. But what it takes is a personal relationship with him. It has nothing to do with the denomination. It has nothing to do with your political affiliation. It has nothing to do with your race or anything else. It has to do with that relationship and what you do with Christ. But as many, cuts across every barrier. That is the wonder of the light. The light that is available to all that would receive. And the light is adequate. The light is adequate. It's again, verse 12, yet to all that received him, to those that believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It means that it's adequate. It's enough. Jesus Christ is enough. Jesus Christ is all that we need. And sometimes we get caught up in religious stuff and we say that it's Christ plus something else. No, it's, it's Christ and Christ alone. And through him and through that relationship, all the other things begin to work. And we begin to minister to other people. And the religious stuff kind of should flow out of that. Don't get it confused that it's Christ plus something else because Christ is adequate. And here's great news for our world today. If Christ is adequate enough for me, then he is adequate enough for anyone else. The whosoever. Whosoever would place their faith and trust in him. What a wonderful message that John was teaching. John doesn't say as many that would live good lives, as many that would attend church, as many that are baptized. He said as many who would receive. They would be given the privilege to be a child of God. Now, there's a lot of people that admire Jesus there's a lot of people that think, man, he, he's great, he, he's a good person. There's a lot of people that, that believe that he is the Son of God, that he came and he died on the cross. Can I remind you that today that even the demons in hell believe that? It takes more than believing. It takes receiving. We can believe it all day long, but it's until we do something with it 
that it makes a difference in our life. You can believe the right thing about Jesus Christ and still miss him in your life. You can believe the right thing all day long, but until you come to the point where you surrender your life to him, where you turn, you repent of your sin, and you say, yes, Jesus, I need you in my life. And that is the message that our world needs to hear today so badly. And and I hate to say it, but there's a lot of churches that you will never hear that message in in our world today. There's a lot of churches you will never hear that where people will say, you must come to know Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you, in this place, you're going to hear that the most important decision that you can make in your life is giving your life to Jesus Christ. Because that is the difference. And that is the message from the wilderness. And every day when we go out into a world, we're going out into a wilderness. Have you figured that out? We're going out every day. And every day, we, like John the Baptist, have an opportunity to share the good news from the wilderness. The good news of Jesus Christ. The good news that he still saves today. The good news that he is still on his throne. And I don't care what's happening in the world around us, that I can trust him and I can know that I am safe and secure in him. The message of hope from the wilderness. The good news. Maybe again I should rename it to the great news from the wilderness because that is great news today. Let's pray together. Today as you bow your head and close your eyes, I want you to think for just a moment about your relationship with Jesus Christ from the time that you came to know him as your Lord and Savior. Let that be a reminder today of of just the work that he has done in you and how he continues to work and the calling that he has on your life. Do you remember that day when you realized that you needed him in your life and you turned from your old ways, repented of that sin, and turned to him? Today, if, if that's you, then today, let that be an encouragement, just a reminder of the work that God's doing. But maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe... You've never opened up your heart to him. Maybe you believe all kinds of good things about him. Then right where you're at right now, would you let the spirit, if he's drawing you, speak to your heart and just open up your heart to him and say, today, today I'm going to turn. Today I'm going to repent of my sin and I'm turning to you. God, I thank you today for your word. Thank you for your encouragement that comes through your word. Thank you for this passage that reminds us of the good news that comes even out of the wilderness, the good news of the hope of Jesus Christ. God, I know that we live in a world today that that needs to hear that message as much as ever before. God, I pray that today that this message would be an encouragement to us in a way that, that shows us that we too can be your light everywhere that we go, that we can be your witness and that, God, we can point others to you so that just maybe there would be others that would be part of that whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. The whosoevers that are out there that need to hear that message would be drawn to you through the light that is spread. God, I pray that you would just remind us today of the privilege that we have of being your children and with that privilege, comes the privilege of being able to share with others what it means to be a part of your family. God, thank you again for what you've done for us. Thank you for the salvation that comes through your son, Jesus Christ. God, we love you today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.